Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast, where we share practical therapy tips and ideas for busy speech-language pathologists. Grab your favorite beverage and sit back as we dive into this week's episode. Hi there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast. I cannot wait to chat with Jesse Andrix today about all things stress management. Um, And before we dive in, just a little bit about Jessie. She earned her master's degree in speech therapy from the Medical University of South South Carolina, Um, and she has worked in many settings, including teletherapy, which is especially exciting in this time. Um, But she's also a trained integrative coach and yoga teacher, and she also runs the site jessieandrix.com. She's presented at multiple conferences and conventions, and she focuses on helping SLPs reduce burnout and stress through evidence-based stress management tools and techniques. Um, So I cannot wait to learn from her because I could definitely use some of this myself. Um, But before we dive into kind of all the evidence-based strategies and good stuff, um, Jesse, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, and I'm just really curious to hear about like your because your bio kind of tells a little bit of your story, um, but I'm curious like what that path looked like for you, like where you, you started out as an SLP, and then how you got to the roles that you're playing today and doing all of these amazing presentations and courses and education. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit of how that all evolved and came together. Yeah, it's nowhere that I ever thought that I would be like in grad school or undergrad because I I went and got my degree in communication sciences and disorders for undergrad too. So this is never where I imagined um, even the teletherapy part because that was not a thing, um, at least not the way it is now back when I graduated. Uh, So I started out after I graduated in 2008. I, um, which seems like not that long ago, but I'm realizing that was like forever ago. I um, worked in probably every setting imaginable within, or at least it was available within like three years. And some of it was just circumstances like, um, you know, positions being cut or new things opening up. Um, And then some of it was from, feeling really stressed and just assuming like, okay, this might not be the right setting for me to be in. I'll see what else is around. Um, But I started out in a skilled nursing facility in a really small rural town in South Carolina. And I loved it, but I knew that I wouldn't be there forever. And um, I had an opportunity come up at a rural hospital in doing inpatient and outpatient with adults. And if they ever, for some reason, had pediatric clients, I would see them as well. So it was kind of like everything. Um, And it was somewhere I had done clinicals at. So I jumped on that opportunity because I thought this was like my dream job. And it was amazing. And I am so thankful for that. But it was an hour commute every day uh, from my house. So that started to take a toll. Um, And that's really where like the stress started to build for me. 
And I started to kind of start to question things and think, well, maybe this isn't really my dream job or what do I do? But there wasn't anything like it closer to where I lived. So I started to just really feel stuck. And I thought, you know, one good thing might be pursuing some hobbies or doing some other things that I really loved. And so I started to uh, take yoga classes because I thought, you know, you hear yoga and you hear about how wonderful it is for stress and for managing stress. And so I started taking classes and I didn't necessarily feel the like big, you know, uh, like super peaceful after class or like all my stress was gone, but I thought it looked really cool. And like, they knew so much stuff and I wanted to learn like how to teach that. Um, so I ended up doing yoga training while I was also commuting in the other direction an hour from my house. So for about five months, most days of the week, I would be like on the road for an hour and a half um, in each direction, 30 minutes to the yoga training, an hour in the other way. So like physically, the stress was starting to build. Mentally, the stress was building. And then my position was actually cut. So it wasn't like I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is too much. I quit. I kind of was going to stick it out. But it was 2000, like 2009, I think, 2010. Um, the recession had definitely hit and it was rural. It was small. So my position was um, unfortunately cut. They decided they only needed one SLP instead of multiple at the hospital. So I ended up working in the schools after that contract because that was the only thing that was available um, where I where I lived. And as much as I love the schools and my, you know, my mom, my sister both worked in schools, um, in regular ed and special ed. And so as much as I'd kind of like grown up around that, that was definitely the position that after being there for two school years, um, or pieces of two school years, that's kind of the one that led me to say, done. And I ended up quitting being an SLP for four years. And I like quit, quit. Like I, I would think about going back at first, but I eventually quit. And if someone was like, oh, what do you do? You know, like, meaning like, what do you, did you go to school for something? Like what type of job do you have? I would never mention that I went to school for speech therapy unless they asked like something about it. And instead I taught yoga because it was the thing I had trained in and I loved it so much. And I just assumed that I had chosen the like complete wrong career and spent all of this time, all of this money doing the wrong thing. So I decided, you know, I'm going to teach yoga, which is definitely not as full time as being an SLP, which, you know, SLP is like over 40 hours a week for a lot of us. And teaching yoga was kind of here and there. Um, But I dove kind of into that side of things, teaching yoga classes, training in it, mind body fitness, um, health coaching, kind of focusing some on you know, what we're eating, but also like our, our stress and, and the wellness aspects that we don't always focus on. And, um, I did all of this because I thought, you know, this was like what I was just so passionate about, but looking back, I can tell that it was like, what was healing 
and, and what was managing the stress that I had been feeling for years and years as an SLP. And there really wasn't anything specific that happened or like some really crazy caseload or anything when I was an SLP that like caused me to need to quit. It was just the like slow and steady buildup of stress and of, you know, the, the daily schedules, things being, you know, either really far away or when I worked from home, um, having to start very early and, and kind of end a little bit later in the day. And just like all of those little things that we all experience, like building and building and building and building until I didn't know what to do, except assume that it was the wrong career. And so that's what I ended up doing for four years was um, like ignoring (laughs) that I had ever been an SLP. And if people asked me what I did, I was just like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher. And that was it. Um, And the only time I'd really ever mention that I was an SLP was um, when people would ask me, you know, or they'd kind of say like, well, you seem smart. Why didn't you go to college? And I would say, well, I actually have a master's degree. I was a speech therapist for about three years. And then I decided not to do it. It was just the wrong career for me. And um, I think you can imagine like the kind of like funny looks I would get from that type of response. It was kind of like a oh my gosh, like you went, you know, you did that and now you teach yoga. Like, but to me, it just made total sense at the time. Like, yeah, this is what I meant to do. Um, And then eventually I came back to the field. Things just shifted. Um, I had a baby, the studio I was helping run, the owner moved and it was like, it was closing. So I just wanted some stability and I decided like, I'll give this speech therapy thing a try and I've been in it ever since in some form, in some way. And it's been a different perspective for sure, having taken that time off and trained in these different things. Um, And that has definitely helped me come at it with like a different attitude, a different take on it. Um, And also just knowing what I need each day or recognizing, you know, that when the stress is building, what is kind of off balance for me or what have I not been doing that is usually really helpful. So it's, um, it's been kind of a, a crazy ride since graduating way back in 2008 and getting to where we are now. Wow. What a cool story. Of uh, I love that, that progression. And I think that like, it's a pretty unique set of experiences, I think, well, I don't know, who knows how many (laughs) SLPs, uh, like become yoga teachers instead, and then come back to the field and do all of the amazing work that you're doing. Um, but it's, that's super interesting. And I think, um, that gives you a really, because you've gotten all of that additional training and just, um, different experience too, uh, that I think is super helpful, um, when helping us figure out how to manage our stress without having to (laughs) um, explore all these different career opportunities. Because I think we choose, and I mean, there could be a case that speech therapy isn't the ideal career for um, someone who's listening. But I think a lot of us really love what we do. Um, It's just the stress of all of the different elements that 
break us down over time. So I'm really excited to dive into those um, areas with you today. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. Like when I was going through it, like I had decided that I just didn't love it anymore. And I like, I loved when I decided that this was going to be when I was an undergrad, I actually switched from early childhood education to, to a CSD major. And I didn't know a lot about it, but I was, you know, like, oh yeah, I want to work at the schools, but I want to do something a little bit different. And then when I like found out all that we could do, I was just like so excited and like just wanted to go to class every day, which is not the case for a lot of people in college. You know, a lot of the time it's like, what class can I like skip out on? And it was like, I was just so excited to learn and loved it. And then when I was going through it, it was like a total shift in my, like the way I was thinking about it. Like, oh, I don't have any interest in this. It's just totally the wrong thing. And when you're like, when you're chronically stressed and eventually it leads to burnout, one of the like big kind of hallmark signs of, of that is like a kind of apathetic or cynical attitude. And it's exactly what happens a lot of the time when we start to like think that way, like, oh, this isn't even working or it's not doing anything or like, you know, nobody even knows who we are anyway. We're just the SLP that no one cares about. And we kind of get stuck in that like spiral of, like cynicism that I think it's really easy to get stuck in and then keep feeling that way. And then eventually if that's all that we can connect to with our career choice and with being an SLP, it's really hard to pull out of that and to like, not just appreciate what we can do in the field, but like find that passion that we used to have, or even just the interest that we used to have in it. And I do think that's why a lot of people feel like, oh, I must have making the wrong choice, or I need to get out of this field. Um, even though really somewhere that like love of it is still there. It's just been taken over by the stress. So yeah, I think so too. I think that once in a while, there really are, you know, you, you could find someone that really chose the wrong career totally, but a lot of times it's just that stress becoming so overwhelming. That is so fascinating. I love that. And that makes so much sense. Like if we're in that stressed, burned out place, then we are more apathetic and cynical and it's easy to convince ourselves that we like never loved it in the first place or that we'll never be able to love it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So if we're in that, if we're in that stressed out space, like where do we even start? Like how do we start navigating that? And like, what can we do as SLPs to yes. manage that stress? It's, it's really like the things that we can do are not anything, I always feel bad at this part. They're not anything all that crazy or like mind blowing or like secret, like here's the secret magic like thing to do. It's like the things that we can do are pretty routine and things that you may already have tried to do. Um, but it's 
like I went to a course one time that, that talked about this. It's like knowing something and then actually doing something are two totally different things. Like we can know how to do something and tell someone all the things to do, all the steps to do, everything about it, but actually doing it, we can't always do. And it's kind of like we see that sometimes with like our students or patients or clients we work with. Like there are times where you may be working on something with a student, like maybe you're working on a sound and they can tell you all the things that they're supposed to do to make the sound, but then actually doing it and carrying it over into conversation, they get stuck on. So it's like that, but with our stress. So um, the things that we can do are simple things like mindfulness and awareness. Um, And awareness is really the first, kind of like the first step, like just recognizing that you are stressed or recognizing that something is not working for you in your daily routine or in your work and being aware of how you're moving through your day or how your day is kind of affecting you or certain things that might be triggering you. Even if you don't do anything about them, but you're just aware that it's happening, that can help you start to make that shift to manage the stress. So really awareness is the first thing, just, you know, kind of thinking about your day or thinking about like what's going on you know, when, why am I so stressed? When do I get stressed during the day? And trying to pinpoint some of the things that might be, and sometimes it's really easy. Like it might be the pile of paperwork that you have or the crazy caseload. Um, But being able to kind of see like, okay, how is this affecting me? Like, how am I reacting when it's time to like figure out when to do my paperwork? Or how am I feeling when I have, you know, more, patients or students added to my caseload and what is that triggering and then when we go to actually manage it and do something about it it's using the tools of mindfulness and stress management so taking time a lot of it is just taking time for yourself so organizing things and planning things are awesome and I mean they definitely help because if you're completely like things are just unmanageable with the paperwork that you're doing, with the billing you're doing, with the caseload you're doing, then of course you're going to be stressed. And so having things to help with that absolutely helps. But then having things that just help you personally, um, like noticing what your energy levels are during the day. And if you need some time between sessions to kind of regroup, or if you need to switch around like, the students that you're seeing to meet, like if you have like high energy students, maybe like, and you're seeing them in the afternoon when you're feeling really drained, that might not work out so well. Um, Or just knowing like, do you need something to help you transition from work to home so that you can get your head like more clear where you're not thinking about work all the time when you're at home? I find that happens to me a lot. Like I was not someone that would bring work, like physically bring it home ever um probably like some of that it sounds really good like that makes it sound like I was super organized but I think it was more like that burnout like Ew, I'm not gonna take this home like no way I'm gonna ignore it I'm not gonna I'll deal with it another time um but in my head like mentally I was still thinking about like 
okay, what am I going to do with this person? Oh my gosh, I have this thing to do tomorrow. Like, I don't know what activity to do. It was just like thinking about it. Or if I had like a really hard meeting, um, you know, just kind of replaying things all the time where I didn't get that like headspace. So having something that you can do to help you like say, okay, work is done. Let me like shift my you know, shift my mind into being at home and letting work go so I could be present while I'm at home. Um, And sometimes it's just having, you know, like a buffer at the beginning of your day or at the end of your day. And I think this is really important when you're working from home, which a lot of us are right now, or doing teletherapy, because you're, you know, if your space is in your home, then it's really hard to, um, leave work sometimes, you know, and, and you kind of feel like you can work right up to the end of the day and just step out of your office and into your home. But without having those like little buffers that give you some downtime to yourself to regroup and to just check in and see how you're doing, um, it can make that stress grow. And those things sound really simple. But when I think when we look at our day, we usually aren't doing them. Those are the things that we like cut when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Those are the things that we're like, okay, I don't need these. Um, I can just get rid of that and, you know, just focus on the work instead. And I think that does happen a lot. I know that happened for me a lot. Um, Like if someone asked me to take on more students, even if I knew I could say no, I'd just say yes. But then my like extra time during my day would get cut and then I'd feel stressed. So it's like that kind of cycle we get stuck in a lot. Yeah, those are such great tips, like so many good things that we can do. Um, and I, okay, so a couple things that were really interesting, like I love that you mentioned the energy levels um, and then just being strategic with how we set up our sessions and our schedule. Um, and I know we sometimes don't, we feel like we don't have a lot of space to make that happen. Um but I think that can be like if just one shift can change your whole day. I feel like that's super powerful. I love what you mentioned about um, transitioning from work to home and how we might be bringing our work home mentally and not just like physically bringing home reports to write. But if we're like replaying the day um, and like, just mentally being focused on work even while we're at home and not being present. Um, And I'm curious, because you mentioned having a buffer at the beginning or end of the day, uh, but what, what does that look like? What have you seen, like what has worked for you or what have you seen other SLPs do to navigate that? Yeah. So for the buffer, I kind of like to think of it as you can start really small and then you can build it out a little bit. So like a little buffer would be um, just making sure that you have time before you actually have to start work and you have time after you actually finish to just like settle in or to just kind of like get ready to to head home and, and kind of have a transition there of some kind. So you could have an I, again, I think this is really important when you're working from home too. Um, but let's say that, you know, like, you know, you have to be at work at 8 a.m. or you have to be at work at, you know, that's when, if you're working in the school, like that's when your first student's going to walk in or it's like 8.30. Um, planning some time before that 
and if you can, you know, before your student, just to settle in and check in with yourself and see how you're doing when you arrive. And if you're working from home in teletherapy, one of the things that's really awesome is that there's no commute. So sometimes it's like, you know, your first student starts at 8.30, you walk in and turn on your computer at 8.25 and you start. <laughs> but, um, and, and, you know, that kind of sounds, I mean, that kind of sounds like, you know, almost lazy, but it's not lazy. It's kind of just like, there can be so many other things going on at home and without that commute where you're like having to get out the door, sometimes you just like only, ha you know, you kind of give yourself, well, I only need a few minutes, so it's okay. But giving yourself time to like settle in. Um, and if you're in, you know, eventually in an office or a classroom somewhere and you physically are just like sitting at your desk, like give yourself time to check in and just do like a mental check-in. See how you're feeling. Notice how your breath is. If it's, you know, nice and calm and steady, if it feels short, if you feel a lot of tension in your body that's, you know, going to build up or letting you know that maybe you're holding on to some stress. Um, but just kind of checking in. And then at the end of the day, planning time beyond just like the end of the day wrap up where you might be finishing your billing or planning and prepping for the next day. Um, but giving yourself time to just kind of regroup and again, check in and notice like if you're really drained, do you just need maybe five minutes extra before you head out the door and before you start work again to just sit and breathe for a few minutes or to listen to your favorite song or to do something that doesn't have to do with work and that gives you a moment um, almost like a little mini break to just shift out of work mode and to give yourself something for you. And um, this could extend into like a full-blown morning or evening routine. Like if you wanted to really set up your whole morning, you could maybe start the day by giving yourself some time to, again, check in right when you wake up. Um, and one thing I had someone say to me one time was that like you don't have to aim for 100% every day. Like you don't have to show up 100% every day because it's impossible. And so if you check in with yourself, you can see like when you wake up, am I like feeling 100% or am I feeling at like 40 today? And I think, you know, right now with everything that's going on in the world, like we're probably not at 100%. And a lot of times we may be at the lower end. But knowing that, okay, if I'm not 100% and I expect myself to be, I'm going to be let down. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be frustrated. But if I know that this is where I am today and I'm going to do the best with that, then you kind of set your day up from there and know that you may have some struggles and that's okay. And you could even do some, you know, um, movement of some kind to start your day just to kind of feel like you've done something good for yourself. Um, you could do meditation, which is really great for your brain, but also really great for reducing like the stress response that gets triggered in our brain and in our body. Um, and you could even do some kind of journaling, like setting your intention for the day or setting your goals for the day. Um, and those could be woven into like, you know, a bigger morning routine. Um, and of course, you know, a cup of coffee if you need it. <laughs> And then in the evening, you could do things that kind of help you wind down. So it could be right at the end of your workday. Maybe, um, you know, instead of just that little buffer, maybe you have something like you go outside for a walk if you're able to, or you, you know, 
get up and move a little bit if you've been sitting at your desk all day, but you can take a little more time if you have it. And then if you wanted some kind of end of the like evening routine to help you wind down, you could um, again kind of do you know, stretch out a little bit. If you've been sitting at a desk all day, you might feel kind of tense in your shoulders, your back, your neck. Um, Or you could do a meditation that just kind of helps you to unwind so that you sleep better. Or even a journaling practice, there's um, two that are really good in the evening. One is called a brain dump, where you just kind of like any thoughts that might be stuck in your head, like replaying from the day, you just put them down on paper so that they can live somewhere else instead of just being in your thoughts. And then a gratitude journal, which helps you end your day on a positive note, remembering like three things from your day that you are grateful for, or that went well, or, um, that you can just kind of highlight as little positive moments from your day. And that can help you end your day or your work day on a positive note. So again, they're like not huge, like, oh my gosh, this is like the the big thing I've been waiting to hear, you know, this like big secret about managing stress or about, you know, setting up my day. Um, but they're things that we may not actually be doing, like we've heard of doing or we've kind of like played with here and there, but to actually like get into a routine of doing them and creating your day around those um, can really start to make some big shifts. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like it's easy to be like, well, I've tried it or that sounds silly. Like that's not going to change anything for me. Like I have all of these big issues that I'm dealing with. Um, But just a personal experience share, um, like, I think everyone struggled a little little bit during, um, or is still struggling uh, with just the recent changes and like, I don't know, just quarantining and social distancing and all of that. Um, And I feel like my morning routine, especially was like, I would wake up and just feel like, I don't know. (laughs) I did not feel very good. Um, But I had a morning routine um, and I've been working on it for a long time. Um, But I feel like that's what kept me sane and saved me. Like I would go through, like I was very, I was very intentional with what I had added to the routine. And um, there are things that I know like set me up for success and helped me feel good. Um, Like I do like the meditation, the journal, coffee, um, I did add exercise and stuff, but I feel like after going through that routine and you can make it as short as long as you want, but after going through that, I felt like a whole new person, um, which allowed me to like show up and do all the things that I do, um, like during my day and have fun doing it. Um, so yeah, I think it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I feel the same um, with the morning routine, like with everything, mine kind of got thrown off. And then I have like a, like a baby, like he's, you know, he's not even a year old yet. So it's, you know, that totally was already thrown off like morning routine wise. But um, it used to be, you know, my husband would take my daughter to school in the mornings and I have time before work to get ready and get kind of settled and have my morning routine. And even with the baby, that was still kind of the case. And then when all of this happened, everyone's at home. And so at first it was really awesome because it was like, oh, we don't have to have any kind of morning routine. We can just kind of go with it. But then I realized like I missed that um, 
the same thing. Like I missed that start to my day where I felt like I was taking charge of the day or that I was like uh, energizing for the day instead of the day kind of taking charge and overwhelming me right from the spot. So instead of like hitting the ground running and running out of steam right away, having that morning routine and slowly easing into my day was something that I really needed. And um, like me personally, I'm still like slowly building back into that. And every little bit is definitely helpful. And I think that's something too, like we don't have to make huge shifts right away. Um, But like you said, you know, just those little changes and, and adding things back in and really tweaking things or slowly putting them into practice can really, really help. So it doesn't mean that you have to like go out and get this like huge morning routine now and then do this like, you know, big process in the evening. But if you just wake up, you know, give yourself five or 10 minutes in the morning, or if there's something that you usually do that you don't have to do and you can make a swap and you sit and you journal and you write out your intentions for the day, like not a to-do list, but like what you want to get from the day or how you want to be from the day or whatever it might be. Or you, you know, you sit and you do a meditation or you just sit and you have like a hot cup of coffee, um, with like no interruptions for a little bit, like, you know, just this like kind of moment of like Zen and meditation in in kind of a totally different way, like that can really shift your whole day. Um, And for me, again, like personally for me with like little ones at home right now, um, getting up and like one morning routine thing that definitely has a shift for me is like getting dressed before they are up is like a huge shift because otherwise it's like that one little action sets up the day totally differently. But if I don't do that, then I feel like I'm like behind on doing anything with them and getting anything done throughout the day. So it can be really small stuff, but these small things can make big shifts or they can like slowly build into more and more things that you can do that really help. Um, But yeah, and just kind of figuring out what what works for you and knowing it doesn't have to be perfect um, and doesn't have to be a huge thing can help. Yeah, I love that. Um, And that's totally actionable and doable. Just starting with like one one minute of like just even thinking before we get out of bed potentially – just like what do I want to like what's my intention for today like there's little tiny things that we can add on and I feel like once like if we pick something that's really easy um, and really doable it's easy to like add on to that over time which is really cool yeah Um, like little mindful moments throughout the day yeah and then I love that um, I love the ideas of just like I think setting ourselves up for success with Um, just like kind of more of the routine based things. And I think that helps us manage when the crazy things come up. Um, But do you have any, like, because I feel like sometimes we're just kind of in crisis mode. And like, do you have any suggestions for like when we're, I don't, like if something really crazy happens, like what can we do to manage? Like if we've, I don't know, progress reports are due, for example, or we just find out that they're adding like 15 kids to our caseload or whatever. Like when those really stressful things come up, 
Do you have any strategies for that in the moment or? Yeah, absolutely. And it is true that like some of the things would not be, you know, if like if you have a crazy IEP meeting, um, whether you're at home or it's like something that you've experienced when you were able to go to the schools or, you know, if, if next year, if your school is going back and you're in a meeting, like there are some things that would be really, you know, you're not going to just like stand up and start walking around in a meeting and being like, oh, well, I'm trying to reduce my stress. Like that would not be okay. <laughs> and, you know, slipping into like a full-blown meditation, um, closing your eyes in the middle of, a meeting does not always work. So there are definitely things that you would do like outside, but there are things you can do. Like if you know that something stressful is coming up, like a meeting or progress report time, um, you can build in some, some really it's self-care. Like when it boils down to it, like that word is so trendy and, and sometimes like almost, you know, kind of overused, but being mindful of what you need, um, and so really like focusing on your self-care at those times. Like if you know that something's going to be really stressful, like progress report time, make sure that you have in your calendar or maybe set a reminder or something, some things that you can do for yourself that are not related to work thing, you know, like something, um, that you can do that's going to help you check in with yourself that's going to help you see how you're doing and then will help you feel better in the long run. And those are the things that we, that we tend to cut a lot of the times when we're like, we're so stressed. We have so much work we need to do. I'm just not going to go for a walk today, or I'm just not going to take a lunch break today and, and eat my lunch. I'm just going to like totally cut that out of my day and just like, you know, scarf something down really quick and keep going. But giving yourself breaks and giving yourself time to get up and move, um, time to, to check in, those are all like even more important during those times that are, are kind of crazy. And if it's something like a meeting, like if you have one where you just know that it's going to be one of those really, really stressful meetings, um, preparing yourself beforehand. So not just giving yourself like time before, but maybe taking, you know, doing a meditation where you do some like deep breaths and you um, try and kind of find that little bit of calm before you go in. So you're more grounded, you're more steady, and you're not feeling as anxious or stressed where you're able to really think more clearly and process things more clearly. Um, that can help in that. And then when it's those times where it's just like, you know, you, you go into work and you think you know how the day is going to be. And then you get an email that's like, Hey, you have five more students and I know you're already full and you have no room for these, but schedule them. Um, when it's something like that, where it's just like, you don't even know what to do. Um, taking time to just be aware and just say like, okay, how am I feeling? of course I'm feeling this way. It's okay for this to be stressful. And then remember that it's not going to be this way forever, that this in this moment is stressful, but not just that it'll pass, but that there are things you can do for the stress. So yes, this is stressful, but I can take a few deep breaths. I can try and problem solve through this, but before I problem solve, I've got to get that stress managed so that I can fully focus on it and I can fully think through it. Because one of the things that stress does is, you know, it not only sometimes when it's like leaning towards burnout gives us that cynical attitude, but when we have the stress response triggered in our brain, it 
kind of takes over and like the parts of our brain that like to process things and problem solve and think things through and like give us these like really clear steps on what to do are overridden. Um, and that's why when you're like really stressed, it's like so hard to think and to figure out what to do next. And so when we're in that state for so long, that's why we feel like we just like can't figure out what to do. So when you have things like knowing that it's stressful, but then taking a few deep breaths or going out for, you know, taking a break, maybe getting up and getting some fresh air or doing, you know, some stretches next to your desk or whatever it might be to give you a moment so that when you're ready to dive into it and figure out what to do, you can do it. And again, knowing that it like doesn't have to be perfect and it might be really messy, but that's okay. And it's not always going to be that way. So it doesn't like when we manage our stress, it doesn't mean that stress will be gone or that we won't ever be affected by it. It's like that we are a little bit more resilient to it or when we realize that we are not resilient to it and we are like totally weighed down, we can figure out and like we know we have tools of what to do or how to like check in and see like, okay, what is not going right for me right now and what can I do to better manage this? Oh, it's I true. love that. Yeah, I love that distinction though. Because like, I don't know, I think life in general is just like there are going to be hard things. Um, and then especially at SLPs, there will be hard things. Yeah. Um, but we, like if we can focus on, because I think that would be, that perspective is really helpful because if we're expecting perfection, if we're expecting to love every minute and just be like completely stress-free and zen and just (laughs) totally like loving it all the time. Then when those things come up, I think that's even more stressful. But if we kind of expect, like sometimes it will be stressful and that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for us as SLPs because we tend to be perfectionists, whether it's a good thing or not. Like, it's just how I don't, and I always wonder if that's why we get into the field or if the, like the process of going through grad school kind of turns us into perfectionists, but there's, you know, it happens. And so we want to do everything. We want to do a great job. We want to be the best that we can be. We want to, you know, get everything done and do it well and be productive. And then that can cause so much stress. And, but just, you know, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad if it's not perfect. And knowing that like handling our stress that, you know, life, all of that is not going to be perfect, that there will be ups and downs, but that we can do things about it, you know, even when it is really hard or that if it is really hard, it doesn't have to stay that way forever. Um, And when I talk about balance, there's always this balance about like work life or this debate about work life balance and how like, does it really exist? Is it really even possible? And I kind of like to think about it as more like we, it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect all the time. Like there'll be times when work takes over and is, is kind of more of what you're doing, but there'll also be times when life takes over and you're more focused on that. And it's kind of just letting it swing from each side, but knowing that you're not going to be stuck in one forever. And that when you need to 
there'll be times when we really do need to focus on work and then let that be a bigger part of our life, but knowing what to do to get back to bringing in the other aspects as well. And then when life takes over and, you know, things from home, we start to kind of let those take over and focus less on work, knowing how to bring it back to the center from there too. Um, I kind of think that's kind of where all that like balance with our stress and just with all of it comes to. If that like yeah, even made I, any sense at all. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. And it's just like, it's okay if it's a little bit more towards one or the other sometimes and it'll, we'll figure it out. And um, yeah, no, that's great. And then I was curious too, um, you mentioned that, you mentioned like when we're managing those really stressful events, you talked about um, like finding things that help you feel better in the long run, um, which I think is really important. So you mentioned like going for a walk, taking a lunch break. Um, are there any, what would be on your list of things that like some, just some other brainstorming for things that might help us feel better in the long run? Yeah. So anything that really helps you, um, like tune in or check in to how you're doing. So there is definitely like uh, when we think of self-care, there's definitely kind of the like joke, but it's also because like we're actually doing it of like binge watching things like, you know, binging Netflix or really just binging, like drinking, you know, a whole bottle of wine every night just to get through, you know, like to process the day and make it to the next day or you know, like watching an entire season of something in one day. And so knowing that like that is not going to be what gets you through for the long run. That is definitely what's going to get you through in short term because that makes you check out. It gives you like a break where you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to think about any of the stress you've experienced or any of the work that you feel like you should be doing or any of it. It's like a total checkout where you just like you know, sit on your couch, turn on Netflix, and that's what you've got. And that's like it for the for the evening. And that is totally okay sometimes. Um, because we have those days where you're just like so mentally exhausted that like you cannot process or think about anything. And it's just like, there's, you know, there's, you have no energy to do anything else. But you don't want to be that way every day. It's not sustainable. And it's not like, I don't think anybody would want to feel that way, that drained at the end of every single day. And so checking in and doing something um, that helps you feel good. So for me, I know that if I don't get up and move and have some sort of like, not necessarily exercise, I mean, it is exercise, but some sort of like a movement practice or mindful movement throughout my day, like whether I go on a walk outside, like we've been doing that a lot just because there's not a lot else to do. And we're fortunate enough to live in like a really quiet neighborhood with a lot of green space. So like going out and taking a walk every day is something that, um, like if I don't do that, I really miss it because it kind of just gives me this like, whether it's at the start of the day, it gives me like um, a really nice kind of way to ease into the day. And if it's at the end of our day or after dinner, it's a nice way to close everything out. I also really enjoy yoga. Like that is an important type of movement for me because it helps me breathe deeper. I always feel like it kind of resets my stress for me. 
and I feel better after. Um, but I know that for some people, movement is not like it just, they don't feel good when they do it. Um, or it's just not the thing that they like crave. So it could be journaling. It could be, um, you know, that you like to get into the creative process and create something. Um, a lot of people like to bake for stress, you know, which, which is like, I love baking. So like, I totally get that. Um, but there are people that really like to create something like that. Um, or a lot of people that do knitting as their kind of mindful thing for the day, but doing something that you can sit and maybe have some time to yourself or have somewhere that you can focus on yourself while you're doing it and really see like, what do I need? How am I actually doing? And it doesn't mean that it'll always be really easy. Like sitting and meditating can be really nice, but it could also be really hard because you may actually notice like I'm feeling really stressed today and I don't like the way this feels in my body. I don't like the thoughts that I'm having with it. I really wish I could just ignore this instead. Um, getting up and moving can be the same thing. You might start to notice like, you know, the that you just feel really stiff from the day and you really don't like the way that feels. But knowing that sometimes it'll be hard, but overall it will help you and, and kind of keep you going and keep you um, able to really connect to the work you're doing and stay connected to your day and not be as overwhelmed by the things that are stressful that happen during the day. Yeah, that's perfect. And I love that distinction between things that help us feel better the short term versus the long term. Um, and that it's not always easy to do the things that help us feel better in the long term. Yeah, it's so true. And I never want someone to think like that I don't watch Netflix because I definitely do. Oh, exactly. <laughs> always think that like, I, you know, I never want anyone to think that I'm like against it. Like I totally, you know, watch something every night, but it's not my self-care and then the times where it does become my self-care then I know from you know I kind of know just from my own experiences and from everything that I've, I've learned and just like that's kind of one of the things that for me it's like oh okay if I've been leaning on this a little bit too much then it's when I know something's out of balance and I need to get back to the things that are actually going to work and actually help me manage my stress and not hide from yeah, it love it Super helpful. Um, and then I think we have time for like one last question. Um, but a lot of us, and you touched on this already a little bit, but maybe just recapping some strategies and adding any additional ones if you have them. Um, but a lot of us are working from home. And um, like, I'm curious if, like, what strategies you have to navigate that? Like, you mentioned having a buffer, um, but like, what else do you think would help um, just in this particular yeah. situation? It's it's crazy working from home when you signed up for it and you, like, went into teletherapy and you've been, like, kind of trained and, and ready for it. It's even crazier now when you're thrown into it and you also have a lot of possibly other people at your house um, and family members while you're doing it. So – a few things that are helpful are having those buffers for sure, giving yourself time to start your day and something, you know, to give yourself time to plan and prep at the end of your day for sure. But then have that 
transition of sorts, something you do that's just for you that helps your brain know, okay, work is done. I don't need to think about it anymore. I'm physically stepping out of this office, but I'm also mentally stepping out and I'm going to be home now. Um, But giving yourself breaks, it's really easy when you're working from home to sit at your desk for like eight hours because we forget to get up a lot of the time or we try and cram everything in and schedule back-to-back sessions. Um, But giving yourself time to move. And it doesn't have to be that you go for like an hour long or even 10 minute walk or, you know, you could you could just like do a few stretches at your desk in between sessions while you're waiting for someone to log in. Or um, I have been doing this, but I keep a yoga mat like unrolled off, like where no one could see me if I had to get on the computer. It's like nowhere near, It's but it's in my office. Um, and I actually started doing that because a therapist I worked with um, told me that that was kind of her trick like that she would do is she would just have it and then go and do a few stretches while she, you know, like in between sessions while she had like two minutes and that those little two minutes throughout her day really helped her feel better. Um, and making sure you have time to like get up and go grab water or coffee or, um, you know, a snack if you need it and have some sort of a lunch break. Um, that is super important to give yourself that time to actually eat and re-energize, but also to like let your your brain have a break, let your body have a break from sitting. Um, and if you can, if you're starting to create your whole schedule from scratch, um, batching your day around your energy. So if you know like in the morning you're more energized, maybe that's when you have most of your like sessions where you really need to be like on and, um, you know, really, really fully, fully engaged. And um, if you're feeling a little bit more drained towards the afternoons, maybe saving that for some of the time that you do like quieter planning prep um, or like quieter sessions, you know, kind of less energized sessions, Um, planning your day around that and making sure that you take breaks throughout the morning and throughout the afternoon, not just a lunch break. Um, That can really help. And of course, that's ideal, right? Like that's like ideal stuff. But like we mentioned before, just doing as much as you can or like doing a few, planning some small shifts in your day can really, really start to build and help you get to where you need to be, where you can sustain this and keep going with it. Yeah. And I love how you keep reminding us of that because you definitely know who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectionist and it's like, okay, like, okay, so I'm planning this out, but I'm wanting to do like all of the things and I can't do all the things. So I'm not going to do any of it. Um, I love the reminder that just like a little shift. So if it's like, I don't know, making sure that you have water at your desk could even be a start. Yeah. Making sure to take a sip in between sessions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you start to feel better. So then you want to keep going with the things that, that make you feel good and you end up finding more time for them. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, Okay. Well, this was super helpful. I love all of these ideas and strategies and just like realistic. Like you're very real about it in terms of like, this would be wonderful to do all the things, but we can have, we can start small and take small steps towards 
um, just feeling better because we, I don't think any of us want to feel stressed. Um, so I love the, just the realistic approach. That's super helpful. Oh, thank um, you. And if people want to find out more about what you do, if they're feeling like they've got some good strategies, but they're still feeling like they want to learn more or just have um, additional information, like where can they find out more about what you do? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. So you can connect with me um, definitely on Instagram at Jesse Andrix and on my site, jessieandrix.com, where you can find podcast episodes, blog posts, and the um, subscriber free resource um, bank called the SLP Toolbox with meditations that you can download, um, movement audio you can download, some journal templates, just kind of all the little goodies that help you throughout your day to reduce your stress. And if you're really looking to dive into this, um, you can also check out the online course, SLP Stress Management, that you can find at jessieandrix.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and um, yeah, definitely walking away with tons of helpful strategies. And yeah, if you want to, I'll share links to all of the things that um, you mentioned today, like your Instagram and your site and the course, all that good stuff um, in the show notes at slpnow.com slash 53. Or you can just go, if you're listening, you can go straight to jessieandrix.com. So it's J-E-S-S-I-A-N-D-R-I-C-K-S. And yeah, that's all we've got. That's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the SLP Now podcast. This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through Speech Therapy PD. So yes, you can earn ASHA CEUs for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your SLP friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. See you next time.